1: Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Show's Talk Radio to Thrive by Dr. Diane. Hayden joining me here today. I love this topic. And let me just say a little bit about who she is. Hi, Benny. Hi, Jamie, to both of you. you?
0: Howdy,
1: it takes a village? Um, When you think about success, you know, some of us think about it as a passing thought. Other people think about not just the elements of it, the major elements, but the nuances of it. And the ever changing dynamic of meaning. If you're Dr. Diane Hayden, you are thinking about successful people, all areas of their lives, like the career, like health, like relationships, like spirituality. And then you discover something. And what you discover is, is this connecting of dots that allows you to take a look at the whole person in either one place, all places, or one place and all places at the same time. And that is what Dr. Diane has done in creating the Spark method, the new psychology of success. Because if you heard my last show with David Essel, you heard us say, at the Einstein level, cannot solve the problem at the level it was created. And so it's innovating and it's highly motivating to find Dr. Diane and what she is doing to create a solution that takes us to a different level. Dr. Diane, it's great to have you. Welcome. Welcome.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Pat. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for the great intro. I learned something about myself.
1: Uh, and I could go on, but then, like, you wouldn't be able to talk. Um, success has been, and I want to start with this conversation, if we could. You know, people see me today and have all sorts of ideas about who I am personally and my personality. You know, most people that that know me and most of our listeners, they know the multifaceted nature of who I am. You know, I'm an optimist, but I'm also direct. I ask unusual questions because that's just the way they are in my brain. But there's this interesting point that they don't know. And I want to talk to you about it. I grew up mostly with low self-esteem. I really did. I mean, imagine stuttering as a kid. You know, imagine going through your high school years and stuttering. The only thing I really could do well was play the viola. Because I didn't have to talk about it, <laughs> like, like they're notes, I'm like you got an instrument, you gotta like play it, and you don't have to talk. You can't stutter playing the viol. Um, and then low self and self confidence, and and I know we're going to be talking about Spark Method, but I don't think I'm alone. I think we have areas of low self esteem and self confidence. But it doesn't have to be a life sentence, does it?
0: No, I, I would totally agree with you. I actually was a kid who had low self-esteem and low self-confidence too. I was painfully shy. And and it's so funny because now people see me, like you said, you know, I've talked in front of 20,000 people and I do things like this and, you know, no problem whatsoever. In fact, I actually love it. And people are like, there is no way that you had low self-confidence. <laughs> no way. But yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So yes, it's not, it's not a life sentence for sure.
1: And, you know, and, and, but here we are. And I get asked this question because in the recent years, I've been sharing more and more about my life story, a little bit more about the early years and later on. And I always get the question, you know, from time to time, how did you go from that place to like that can do attitude? Now, I'm going to ask you that question, because every time I got asked that, I don't have like a magic answer. I don't have a method to point to. But as I was getting ready for this show, you do. How did you do it?
0: Good question. <laughs> I, well, well, before I get into that, just one thing I wanted to point out is you were you were just talking about the the commonality of us growing up with low self esteem, low self confidence, and then transitioning into kind of like 180 degrees. <laughs> when I look at the kids that I grew up with, and I look at some of the ones that had that I thought had like the most self confidence, you know, like the captain of the football team and the cheerleaders and the girls who want, you know, were prom queen and whatever. There's a lot of them, and maybe this is an anomaly of where I grew up, but I don't think so. A lot of those people now I find have really not done a lot with their life. And it's almost like they have low self-confidence now. And I just find that fascinating. It's like you would think that those would be the people that would have gone on to do like amazing things. I don't, you know, I don't know. So it's just interesting. It seems like kind of a flip-flop sort of thing to me. And I don't have an answer as to why it's just a, just an observation for sure. But can
1: can we just tap into that for a minute? Because I think this is why I love talking with you. Um, I want to tap into it for a minute. And, you know, I want to talk. I don't know why these, all these things are coming up for me. It's like, I'm getting these like flashback thingies. Um, But I had a mentor say something to me just one of the most incredible mentors. She passed away really suddenly on a trip that I was actually supposed to be on with her uh, in a car accident mm-hmm. and took me on my first vision quest. And we're sitting, you know, one time in a room. And she said, she looked at me and she said, with this beautiful wavy gray hair and I said, you know, Pat, you can't take a person to a place you haven't gone yourself. And then she got up and walked away and poured herself a glass of wine. And that was like the end. That was like, okay, right.
0: think about that for a while.
1: <laughs> I thought about it for over a decade. And it wasn't until I got sick that I realized, and I did. And I, you know, people say, why do you have to keep saying you got sick? That is so not like not the law of attraction. Okay, give me another word for it. Okay. I came down with a mystery disease in 2004. Okay. So, but it was then that I realized that when you're brought to your knees, sometimes you, you have a choice. You can go to a place of extreme judgment or a place of extreme non-judgment and compassion. And I want to ask you this question, too, is. What can we do to help people realize we have that power within? Because I don't really wish coming down with a mystery disease that may kill you as a way to get to that answer. And so working with you, Dr. Diane, is probably a better idea. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, I didn't have a mystery disease, but I did have some things that happened to me that I certainly wouldn't wish on anyone. You know, like my father passed away very quickly when I was, I'll say it's young. I was 27. Um, I had to redo my dissertation because I didn't pass my defense the first time for myriad of strange coincidences. I had jobs that I loved that I had to leave or that just ended. I mean, I had, I broke off an engagement. I mean, there there are all these things that kind of happen in your life that as you're going along, you don't really think about them. I mean, you're in it. So you're not thinking like, oh, well, how how is this going to shape me? Who am I going to become? What is the impact? You're not thinking about any of that when it's happening to you. But then when you wind up in a place and then you look back like, oh, how did I get here? Like, where did I get the self-confidence? I feel like it's kind of a lot of those things that happen to you. And yes, absolutely, there are things that you can do. Like I push myself, you know, part of the things that I, that I teach my clients are, you know, how do you gain self-confidence? You got to constantly push yourself past the fear. You got to put yourself in a position of fear and move past that. You got to do things that challenge yourself. You have to, you know, climb Cathedral Rock in Sedona if you're scared of heights.
1: <laughs>
0: I skydived. There you go. <laughs> I
1: don't I don't know that I'm I love what you're talking about. And I want to keep rolling here. As a matter of fact, I think I want to actually skip the break here. For those of you that are just tuning in, Dr. Diane Hayden is joining me here today. And we're talking about the SPARK method. And I want to make sure all of y'all have a lot of information. But first and foremost, um, Dr. Diane, let's direct people to the best place they can find out about you, find out about SPARK method.
0: Sure. So my website is www.drdiannehayden.com. That's drdiannehayden.com. And then I also publish two holistic lifestyle magazines, Natural Nutmeg, and that website is naturalnutmeg.com and Essential Naples in Florida, and it's essentialnaples.com.
1: Okay. Let's roll. what <laughs> love that term. You know... Two things I want to say. Um, I've always had a sense of things. I'm not the greatest planner. I'm not Linda, who is a triple Virgo. So I'm never going to have that. I'm going to buy a pool table that doesn't fit in the room. Okay, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I might even buy a motorcycle that I'm too short to ride. Um, but there's one thing that I do know. I've had so much passion in my heart for something very specific. And yet I haven't always had a plan. The universe has been so much smarter than me. And I want to ask you this question. Passion and purpose sometimes get squinched together like they're some kind of person. Like passion, purpose, like it's like person, like you squinch them together. I've never been able to do that, you know? And yet at the same time, these two words are powerfully motivating. Can you talk about what you discovered about them, especially in the context of success, but more importantly, how you work with people to ignite that,
0: wait for it, spark? Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think they're essential to success. You can't, you know, when I look at entrepreneurs who started a business because they were, you know, excited about something and wanted to create something. I mean, that's the passion. Like you, you, you'll never make it if you're not passionate about it. And if you don't have a why, I mean, that's my belief. Like it's just, you know, there's so many things that you have to overcome in in starting a business or really in starting anything. Let's even talk about relationships, you know, like you have to keep, you have to realize that there's going to be obstacles. You're, you know, things aren't going to go the way you expect them to go. You're going to have really bad days, weeks, months, a year, (laughs) and you have to keep coming back to why am I doing this? Why am I in this? And that has to be really strong for people. I think that's what I find. Like when I am coaching people, A lot of times it's, they don't know what their why is, especially the people that are in a relationship they're not happy with in a career they're not, or a job they're not happy with. There's no why, like, why, what, why do you want to jump out of bed every day? And most of the time they're like, well, I don't really want to get out of bed. Yeah. (laughs) That's telling in itself though,
1: isn't it? Yeah. 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 That's telling in itself. I love that question. And can we explore it for a little bit more here? Um, When I first heard that question, Dr. Diane, when I first heard the question, what's your why? It really, uh, I mean, it really started to work on me a little bit. And I made my commitment to ask myself that question every day now. And it's also followed by my meditation where I ask my higher power, God, universe, whatever you believe in, What's mine to do today? And I get an answer. Uh, Some days it's a gigantic vision that I don't really understand. Other days, do the dishes, Pat. They don't belong in the sink. But when we get a sense of our why, something gets ignited. And I want to ask, because I've gotten a sense of my why in my life at different points in time. And I've never, I've not always known what to do next. But this is what you do to help people connect the why,
0: the what, and then the how, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same with me. I mean, many times (laughs) in my life where I'm like, "Mm, I know, I think I know what I want to do, but how am I going to create that? Like where one step at a time, right? I mean, I think um, what's interesting to me is you don't have to know what the next step is. Like I've, I, I honestly can't say I'm, I'm 100% comfortable with that still, but yeah. I'm learning to get there. Like, you know, it's okay to not, not have everything planned out because when you have everything planned out, one, it never works the way you think it's going to work anyway. <laughs> you know, there's all there's, I mean, I believe like you, you know, just said the universe has way bigger, ideas for us than we could probably even come up with. I never knew, you know, if you told me 20 years ago that I'd be publishing three magazines, I would be like, what are you crazy? Like, I don't know anything about publishing a magazine. (laughs) And yet there it is, right? Like the opportunity fell in my lap and I took it and ran with it. So you're not going to always know what the next step is, but if you can keep coming back to what do I love to do? Like my show, This morning was about passion and purpose. I did the whole show about that. And essentially, it was I teach people to go on a passion quest to take Mm. as much time as they want. I mean, I still have the journal where I write things down. It's kind of an ongoing process for me, but take a weekend, take a month, take a year, even, and just write down everything that you are passionate about doing. What is it that you would do every day if you didn't get paid, if you didn't have to worry about money? And then look at what the commonalities are and figure out, like, can you draw a thread? Like my, my purpose and things I'm passionate about are teaching, educating, speaking, travel. And I look at, oh, okay, now I've actually combined all of those things into what I do now for these magazines. I didn't know that 15 years ago that that yeah. was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. See, I love that.
1: Um, And really what it points to for me is, you know, I I grew up with a stepmom that had a first child at 12 and her second one at 13. And this was a woman when she married my dad, she was like not much older than my sister. And my dad, of course, was like 25 years older. But I learned so much from her young year wisdom. Right. And she would say things that would literally make you think 30 years later, it would hit you. But there's this thing we run into. And I found this in when the movie The Secret came out, and then some other people were getting disappointed by feeling they don't have a special purpose. Now, my mom, you could talk to my stepmom, and my stepmom would talk about special purposes that had to do with cooking chitlins. And this has been a dilemma for people, confusing and conflicting. What have you found?
0: Oh, I totally agree. Um, first of all, I don't think that a, a purpose has to be this grandiose thing. Right. Like my and my mother is a perfect example. She's 87. Her life has basically been about taking care of people. My dad was a type one diabetic. She took care of him. Her father died when she was 23. So she basically took care of my grandmother. Like my grandmother lived with us. And that was, you know, my mom's sole purpose was taking care of my father, my grandmother, and me. That was our family unit, just the four of us. And then my grandmother went into a nursing home after my father died. And so, you know, every day she would go visit her. She would talk to, you know, sit with other people in the nursing home. My mom's had a very simple life. And yet she's content. Like, she doesn't feel like she was supposed to come here for some big huge thing i'm completely the opposite i feel like i'm supposed to come here for some big huge thing she's like no my my life was about taking care of people so don't i don't you know i never want someone to be discouraged if don't compare yourself you know <laughs> don't don't feel like you have to have this huge purpose that may not be the point of this lifetime if you believe in multiple lifetimes
1: and you know what I love about that is when you can really approach things from this, this, you know, I, I wish I could say like, yeah, like everybody's like super objective, but if you can approach things from what touches your heart and makes you smile. And, 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 and when I think about that growing up, didn't smile a lot. I mean, if you see any of the pictures of me, like when I was a teenager and in my twenties, you'd be like. What the heck is going on with that girl? Um, but there are things that made my heart smile. I don't know how else to say it, right? Even if I didn't smile on the outside, there are. This is really at the core, isn't it, of sparking inspiration, sparking motivation, right? And finding what that is. For some people, it's petting a puppy, right? Mm -hmm. you know, uh, riding a horse. Uh, Others, it's helping somebody across the street. I have a friend that he stares at $100 bills an hour a day because he's got a big inspirational, motivational law of attraction. I'm going to make the money. And, you know, I learned a couple of things from him. I don't have an hour a day to do that, but I've got to find it. Yeah. But let's talk about this for a minute because purpose passion by themselves is an energy and we're going to be talking about this later on the show by themselves they can sit and they can sit for a long time but I don't know that people that have a passion or a purpose even my mom with the Friday chitlin things that she actually told us were fried clams they weren't so therefore I ate meat on Friday and I had to do a lot of penance on that but but here we are People want to do something with their thing. They want to do something with their purpose and passion. Have you found that? And what do we do to help people that probably think I've lost it? It's gone, Doctor Diane.
0: It's gone. I think actually that's a great place to be. Yeah. <laughs> which oh boy, which, I've been because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Like to me, that's that's like a clean slate. You know, if you feel like everything in your life, you're not passionate about anymore. Wow. Something big is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, that's just my, my intuition, my, you know, my mindset, that kind of thing. I think you can create anything. You just have to give your space, your yourself the space and time to figure out what is it I'm passionate about? Because I think pe- people who feel like, or have found themselves in a place where they're just not passionate about their job anymore their relationship or whatever it is or maybe they're having a health issue you didn't get there overnight there were signs there were red flags there was whatever going on that you kind of just like "Eh, brush it off I'm too busy can't think about it what I got to keep doing what I'm doing just to get by and one day you wake up and you're like yeah I don't want to do this any of this anymore yeah So you got to give yourself the time to figure out, you know, you're passionate about something. So my belief, this is funny real quick. My next, the whole point, the whole reason I did my show on purpose and passion today was my next door neighbor's writing a book and he's like, oh, I got some questions for you. And one of his questions was, do you believe that everybody came here with a purpose, that everybody comes here with a purpose? I'm like, yes, but I don't believe that everybody knows what it is or even thinks about it. So we all have it. I believe we all have it. I think we can lose it. I think most of us probably do lose it, you know, from time to time throughout our lives. Yep. And there, you can get it back, but you have to give, you got to give yourself the space to do that. Maybe that's even going on a silent retreat, which I've done just to, you know, quiet everything. So you can listen, you know, what is my soul really calling me to do? I love that you shared that
1: for me. I was never going to give myself the time to do that. The universe was so much smarter than me. It knew for me at a very young age. And I've talked about this a lot. I mean, I turned to Linda when I was in my like 21-ish or something. And I said to her, we're walking down the halls of Bell Labs. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to get a PhD. And then Linda looks at me and she says, oh, absolutely. And I said, what exactly is that? See, I didn't want a PhD to become like Dr. Pat. All the PhD people I delivered mail to were the happiest people I had ever met. All of these, Arno Penzias, the big gut bang guy, all these people, they were happy. I would go deliver their mail. I couldn't even get to their mailbox. There was papers everywhere. They, they were sitting in a room juggling. They were talking to frogs. They were happy. Never, ever did I enter a room with any of these engineers where they didn't have something nice to say. They want to tell you a joke. I almost got fired from the mail room because I spent too much time with them. Did I do it right away? No. Did I ever lose that? No. But I love that you talked about this, because I went so far into corporate success and moving up the corporate ladder, starting in the mail becoming a corporate executive, until one day I looked in the mirror and I was unrecognizable. And the universe was so smart. Even after 24 and a half years, it gave me a level of truth about myself. I didn't have the courage to leave. I had to cause a revolution. So I actually got terminated early. See, I love those things when they happen. I look back now because I think I'd still be there. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) I think I'd still be there. Like, I don't know what I'd be. The phone company's not the phone company anymore. But how do we pay attention? I want to talk to you about this when we come back from Barry. Sometimes we can have the awareness and the wisdom And we can get in that silent place. I do that more often now than not, because I don't want to go through any more pain like that. I just, I I don't. But when we come back, I want to talk about my favorite thing. Action. I love it. When they play the trailers on the movies, right? And they go through, this is the comedy, this is the horror film. I wait for the action trailers. What is the formula? for passion purpose action to equal success dr diane hayden in the house we're going to take a short break everybody think about that question and she's actually going to tell us when we
0: come back we'll be right back can't get enough of i have soul radio join psychic medium jamie every thursday at 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern on transformation talk radio take a deeper look at the raw side of spirit nothing is off limits Connect with lost loved ones and explore these vulnerable subjects with the compassionate guidance of psychic medium Jamie. You are not alone. Eye of Soul, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, only on TransformationTalkRadio.com.
1: Are you ready to find out who you really are? Are you ready to have fun and listen to the soul party for yourself? Indulge in a deeper meaning with Laura Goldstein, host of Coffee with the Universe. This show will awaken that true self hidden deep within you and will get you energized on who you were created to be. So go ahead, grab your cup of joe and experience Coffee with the Universe with Laura Goldstein on TransformationTalkRadio.com.
0: Welcome to Soul Activation Podcast, a world class broadcast of insight and inspiration with the renowned healer and coach, Suzanne Alexandria. In this series, she dives deep into the magical sea of you, to the place in you that's ready to activate. Tune in live every second and fourth Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are you ready to put
1: down that drink or drug for good? Are you struggling to maintain your recovery from addictive behaviors? Do you need help with a family member or loved one who's in early recovery or battling addiction? Get the help and guidance you need by arranging a recovery recharged phone session with me, Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, certified life and recovery coach. Call 1-800-889-1757. Make an appointment today. Or go to my website, PushyBroadFromTheBronx.com, and click on the link that says Recovery Recharged. Don't wait. Get the help you need today. This is Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad From The Bronx, on TransformationTalkRadio.com.
0: Have you heard about shifting the collective vibration and consciousness on the planet? Join me, Kimberly Barrett, on the Sharing Love and Light show every first and third Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern at TransformationTalkRadio.com to explore the depth of vibration and consciousness on our planet and learn how you can shine your love and light. To learn more, visit SharingLoveAndLightShow.com. Hey, everybody.
1: Welcome back. The Spark Method, The New Psychology of Success with Dr. Diane Hayden, and we are talking about, you know, I love what we're talking about because this has been, for me, the conversation about success and passion and purpose. You know, I was very fortunate to grow up with a mom that believed in unlimited possibilities, that believed in everybody had the potential to be president if they wanted or whatever, um, and I was telling Dr. Diane that this is a woman that had her first child at 12 and second one at 13. And, you know, today we're talking about purpose, passion, and now we're going to talk about action and we're going to talk about an end game. I call it an end game, and you'll hear what it is as we talk about it. Before we do, one, how do people find out about you? How do they listen to your show? All of the above. How do they find out about the Spark Method?
0: Sure. Well, people can find me at my website, www.drdianhaden.com And my show is every Thursday at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. And I have two holistic lifestyle magazines, www.naturalnutmeg.com and essentialnaples.com.
1: So I was interviewed once. I've been interviewed a bunch of times, but I remember this one time. And I think it was by my buddy Steve Maraboli. Uh, I can't remember. And we were talking about passion and purpose. And he said, "What do you think about that?" I said, "Okay, here's what I think: passion plus purpose, without action, is depression." And you could hear a pin drop. And I don't even rem- I don't even know what that meant at the time. There's nothing wrong with passion and purpose. But my experience with it is when it lingers, when it becomes haunting and then daunting, it's usually because I haven't done anything about it. What do you think? Totally agree. Yeah,
0: <laughs> totally agree. I think that's your soul's <laughs> way of being kind of like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> but we want to do this. Let's Let's do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think like you, you know, you have... You know, you have this purpose, you want to do this, and yet you're not taking steps to do it, whether you're, it's fear or you're too consumed with, you know, you don't know how or what or whatnot, but you get into this place of stagnancy. And then I think maybe you start to beat yourself up a little bit, like feeling, oh, I should have, I should be doing this. I should, 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 whatever. And yeah, I I totally, totally agree with that statement. 100%.
1: You know, and then let's talk about action for a minute. Um, There have been points in time where I've worked with people and they've taken action, but they don't think it's enough, right? Um, Or they'll take action and things don't turn out the way they want. And so what do I mean by that is I remember working with somebody who would be action, 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 and had such a layer of resentment about every action she took and wondered why she wasn't manifesting what she wanted, and I didn't I didn't really understand it quite the way I understand it today, but I do know resentment is a number one offender. Sometimes we have to take action and we have to grit and grind our teeth. I had three jobs growing up. I had to pay the rent. I didn't want to be homeless again. I was obsessed with not wanting to be homeless again. I had three jobs, even if I didn't need three jobs. I don't now. I have one job that's like three jobs. Right. <laughs> Oh wait, pattern, pattern. Um, but, <laughs> God. but let's talk about action, right? Because we have gone through over the past decade teachings on things like the law of attraction and manifestation, and people are still baffled why they don't have the lives they want.
0: Yeah what what's up with that? Definitely, definitely. Well, so. That one took me a long time to figure out. I'm I'm like super high achiever perfectionist. I'm probably that person that you were just talking about, like, you know, if they didn't see something manifest overnight, it's like, what am I, you know, what am I doing wrong? Why isn't this working out? I was really have been really hard on my sometimes still am, but have been really hard on myself about that. And you got to be in something long enough, I think, to be able to look back and say, wow, look where I came from you know like when i started the magazine 15 years ago in the first 3 years um i wasn't anywhere near where i wanted to be revenue wise and i almost gave it up and i had this conversation yep i had this conversation with my uh my partner in the business who is now my Ex husband and ex partner. That's a whole nother story for another show. But <laughs> you'll have to come back. But right, exactly. <laughs> but um, he had a really good friend who was in sales, and his friend was like, you know, big time making probably like 250 dollars $300,000. And he was like, Diane, you know, you've got a PhD, you've got a background in marketing, you've done sales your entire life. Why are you fooling around with this, this thing? Like, you know, why don't you? I could get you a job in a second making that kind of money. And, um, So I came away from that meeting and I thought to myself, okay, is that what I really want to do? You know, why? Again, coming back to my why, why am I doing this magazine? Why do I have my own business? And I gave myself, I said, okay, I'm going to give myself three months. If I don't see an improvement in revenue, something like even just a little notch on the dial, then I'm going to consider, you know, this opportunity with this guy. Well, I don't, I honestly cannot tell you that I, think I did anything different than what I was doing. But with it, something about that deadline or that like line in the sand or whatever, that the commitment to okay I'm gonna make this see if I can make this work one more time, within three months, we had almost doubled our revenue. Mm. And and when I look back at that now and other times where I've been like ready to just give it up and I pushed through it and then we got to another level. And it's happened so many times you gotta, it happens to everybody. Like you think you're not doing anything. You're not doing enough. <laughs> you're not where you want to be. You know, it's always like, that's one of the things I say is there is no there. Cause when you get there, there's going to be another there for you. Like that's just human nature. We continue to push ourselves. I think So you got to be happy with what you have now. You have to find a way to look at what do I have now? Like, what am I grateful for now? Because if you keep moving the goalposts every time, you're never going to be happy. And you're constantly going to be beating yourself up about not doing enough, not taking enough action.
1: I want to just pinpoint something you said, and I want to talk more with you about it right now. Grateful, gratitude. People have asked me, and I've thought about this for myself, and I love what you just described, because to be honest with you, we are like two peas in a pod in so many ways. I graduated with a PhD, and like you, job offers, I mean, ridiculous stuff. I was depressed over the thought of that. And here I am, I dialed a wrong phone number, and I started to buy airtime, and I started to do this. The show was crust busting. I never talked about my doctorate. I was so embarrassed about it. Only one in my family graduated high school, so I didn't even understand I was a doctor. Um, And every day in my relationship that I was in, are you earning any money? You're going to like get a real job. Not in those words. You know, sometimes people could say those things in a much nicer way, but they kind of mean the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) It shifted for me when that relationship ended. Now, I can't tell you exactly what shifted, why it shifted, but I never questioned my path. I never said to myself, why am I spending this much money on buying airtime, airtime, and I had no idea that you could even get sponsors and advertisers for the first five years. But when we're in that spot, when we are in that groove, how do we help ourselves around the naysayers? But even more importantly, how do we apply gratitude across the board to
0: carry us forward? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um as far as the naysayers, you can really get caught up in that. Like, like I try, I think I do a very good job about for the most part about kind of letting that stuff slide off. Um, but every once in a while somebody will get to me. Yeah. <laughs> and um I'm going to spin it in a little bit of a different direction, please. For for me, it's not about, I I haven't really had people in my life say to me things like, you know, you shouldn't be doing that or you're not making enough money. What's happened to me is that people haven't supported me in a different way. And what I mean by that, I do get it. Go, go for it. (laughs) Yeah. What I mean by that is they, um, for example, let's say somebody close to me has a chronic health issue and they continue to go to traditional medical doctors and they continue to take medication and they do surgeries. And I'm over here like, just try naturopath, just try these supplements, <laughs> like just read this article. And I just keep giving and giving and giving information. And then I get to a point where I'm like, Freak, like, listen, like, why am I doing this? You know, like, this person is just not going to get it. And then I get wrapped up in the thought process of, why don't they, you know, like, why don't they respect me? Why don't they respect my knowledge? Why don't they trust me? Why won't they? And I finally have to get to the place where it's not about me, <laughs> it's about them. I right. mean, it's not a reflection on me, it has nothing to do with my level of education or how long I've been doing this or the resources I have, it has nothing to do with me. It is about them and maybe they'll never get there. And that, that was really hard for me to figure out, understand and let go of, and I'm still like sort of 50, 50 there in terms of letting go of it. Um, Because I want to help so much, you know, and especially when it's somebody close to you. Yeah. Like I see this person struggling and I want to help so much. And they just, it's like, you know, one of my friends actually said to me, these are the words she said to me, she had this issue and I'm talking to her about a naturopath and blah, blah, blah. She legit said to me, no, I need a real doctor. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, that was like a knife in the heart to me. I didn't have any clue what she said. Like, okay, what does that mean? For 20 years, I've like all these people that I work with are fake doctors so that's the kind of thing that I struggle with, and what I would consider naysayers. Like, how do you get over that?
1: Yeah. And that is such a beautiful example because it shows up in different places, right? And I love that it's not, it, you know, I love the expression when the light bulb goes on, Dr. Diane, about, you know, that awakening because that awakening allows us to get to another place. Um, but sometimes, it's baffling. And you know, I just went through something similar where you, know, you believe so much in people's potential. And I think I mentioned this before, I work with a group of women and out of the gate, I know what's possible because I've lived it and I've done it, I know it for myself. I don't have a magic wand, I don't know what it's gonna be like for everybody. But one of the hardest things for me sometimes is when you want to share some steps that you think could make the pathway easier. Or when you see potential in people, you know, I worked at the phone company, and it was baffling for me when you saw somebody with incredible potential, and both yourself and maybe your manager tried to give them direction and guidance. And they just like, I'm just going to do my thing, ended up, Bob, Bob Davis actually fired them. But the point is, it's heartbreaking, because you see it. People think resistance and resilience are the same thing. There's like Somebody actually said that to me about three weeks ago. And I said, what? They said, like, well, Pat, I heard you talk about resilience. Don't you think resist? I said, no, dude, like, look that up. Like, go- Google it. And I said, resistance and resilience are strange bedfellows but show me how resistance will get you to a level of awakening that will get you to what you want in your heart. And let's talk about this for a minute because I do think resistance and resilience get mixed up. Resilience is a fantastic word and it's not a cookie cutter, is it? So let's talk about that because once we take this daily action, no matter how small the step, I don't know about you, but some days, I could barely get out of bed. And once I got out of bed, I went to the couch with the remote. Right? You know, my friend used to knock on my door and drag me to do vinyl siding sales door to door. So let's talk about how we bring passion purpose action and how that could create this beautiful sense of resilience, but not bulldozer resilience. <laughs> maybe, maybe yes, maybe not. How do we do that?
0: Yeah. Well, I love that you made that distinction between resistance and resilience, because to me, they're two completely different things. I mean, to me, resistance is, you know, not being aware, pushing back on something. You may not even be aware why you're doing it, but there's something, whether it's again, like fear or I don't, you know, I I don't know, um, lack of passion, whatever it might be. You just, you know, you should take these steps. You know, you need to do something different. I've had a friend, who's been in this career for 30 years and she's hated it for 30 years. And she's an amazing artist. I mean, she could do design for Hallmark seriously. Like she could do greeting card design. She could just, she could be the next Marie Kondo. She's like that kind of interior design artistic eye. And she's doing this like, you know, project management job that she hates and she will not move. Like she's stuck there. That to me is resistance resilience is when you have things thrown in your in your path and you keep overcoming them you keep taking the next step you keep moving forward it makes you stronger you you realize you know that that, that that's going to happen that it's going to be you're going to have struggles and you're going to have to hang on to your passion and purpose to get past those struggles that those those like those are the two definitions for me of those yeah. two words Yeah, I I love it.
1: And, you know, I I mean, it's been uh, for me, um, in the words of Kelly Clarkson, you know, what don't kill you make you stronger. And in a lot of sense, that has been the story of my life. But I will tell you this I can pinpoint times where the R in resistance showed up and I learned invaluable lessons from it early on in life. And I got to tell you, when I learned them, they stuck and they were pivotal. I mean, Dr. Diane, there are things in mentors that come along, and they may seem like the meanest sons of you-know-whats from the universe. Dan Vandermoss, my supervisor in my payroll job as a clerk, the dude sat five feet behind me as the boss in a pool of 50 people. He is behind me. I'm over here. He gets up walks to my desk and says, can you please pull the rate card on Mary Jo? Let me just say that. And I looked at him. Okay, you got up. I'm here. The rate cards are like eight feet away. Okay, like big stacks of rate cards before there were computers. And I just looked up, so I did. I got up and I got Mary Jo's card and I brought it back and I put it on his desk. And he like did what he did. He gets up from his desk and he brings the card and puts it on my desk and says, file Mary Joe. And I said, are you, this was me now in a room of 50 people. You could hear a pin drop after this. Okay, so like I was like 17 or 18. And I said, are you effing kidding me? Are you, are you kidding me? You're here. You get up. You walk around here. I said, I left the file drawer open for you to put, dragged me in a room, in a closet, pretty much. Back in the day, nobody cared. And what he said to me, was such a pivotal moment in my life that was resistance that was an element of resistance and the lesson i learned was this is a job pat he is like your boss you have just embarrassed your boss in front of 50 other people and you are like a clerk at about a hundred dollars a week And I learned the action he took by taking me into this room, everybody in the room was wondering if I would actually come out and go back to my desk or come out and pack up and go. But he said something interesting to me. And what he said was, first of all, if you do that again, you have no career. And then he said, don't throw away a lifetime of potential because you think you're too arrogant or above following your boss's direction. So if you're willing to throw away a lifetime of potential, go back to your desk and pack up and leave. If you want to stay here and allow me to mentor you and help you get over your lousy disposition, I'm more than willing to meet you halfway. Now look, that changed my life. And believe me, that wasn't the last time <laughs> that I reacted that way. But you see, it built resilience in a way for my personality to be able to accept feedback. That to this day, I would not be able to own this network and accept all y'all's feedback. Every guest, every listener, I would. That one incident at seventeen, maybe I was seventeen, maybe I just turned. That one deal by Dan vandermas How can you help people listening today understand the value of the way lessons come to us, even as hard as they sound, that help us build resilience and have the core of them, the kindness of this man to even give me that chance?
0: Yeah, I've had experiences like that. That's so funny. (laughs) I think, I think the people that you, that, that rub you the wrong way, the most, whether it's work or even in a relationship are the people that teach you the most. And once you figure that out again, it's not going to be easy, but I think if you figure that out and you can just stay in the present with that and keep that in the back of your head, it's a lot easier, but boy, is it tough? Like (laughs) when you're going through that, absolutely. I mean. One of my most favorite jobs I had there was there was a VP that was, oh God, he was teated he way worse things than what you just described., oh, yeah. but, yeah, I mean, like literally screaming at you, you know, down the hall and all this stuff. but I learned you're right. like I learned so much from that position that put me in the place where I could even start my own business and run it for fifteen oh, years. absolutely for sure absolutely for yeah. for sure. Sometimes I think, you know, I don't even know how, how I could teach that. I mean, I honestly think the universe puts you in positions like that and you have to, you have to realize that you're in them for a reason and, um, take advantage of it. And what I mean by take advantage of it is understand what the lesson is and not, you know, lose your mind and walk out of there and throw away a lifetime of, you know, Potential, right? And,
1: and you and you're right about it. And you know, like you're gonna, you and I are gonna continue to talk. But you know, these are the lessons that literally build success. You know, we may not see them in the in the future. And by the way, what Dan said to me is, you have a choice: you can walk out of this room and you can kind of blab this to everybody what we just talked about, or you can keep your mouth shut. I suggest you keep your mouth shut. And I just looked at him like. You know, sometimes when you see the fire in the eye, I didn't know if I wanted to cry. I didn't know what it was, but I never said a word to anybody. I knew intuitively that this man really wanted to mentor me. And I think that's what you're doing, Dr. Diane. I mean, these conversations, your teachings, your show, they have a purpose. There's a passion behind it. You know, you too see the potential. You, too, have solutions for people, and that's really why we're here. That's what we do what we do. Um, I think you can take a horse to water and make them drink, but it's a horrific process. (laughs) Dr. Diane, thank you for today. How do we find out about you, and what's your personal message? What would you love to leave us with?
0: Sure. Well, you can find me at www.drdianhaden.com where you can sign up for my SPARK method and learn more about me. My personal message, I think, when I think about why I put the SPARK method together, you know, like how I even came up with it, it was because I... I saw this commonality, like this whole, you know, every time I looked at who I thought was really successful in all areas of their life, I kept coming up with these, you know, these characteristics. And, you know, it's a work in progress. I don't have it all mastered. I think it's a lifetime to master all of it. But if we can look at each of them, self-confidence, passion, action, resilience, kindness, focus on them, maybe one each day, what can i do one thing that i can do in one of these areas today or this week or whatever it is then you keep making these tiny steps and before you know it you look back and you've got you know you accomplished something you've got you know 15 years of of a magazine publishing a magazine or you know having transformation talk radio it's like you know we didn't just it just didn't happen overnight it's like the little steps that you take every single day and that's, that's a lot of what I teach people. And that's not glamorous, but it's the truth. And I think it's, you know, taking those steps and then being able to be kind to yourself when you need to yeah. and realize, you know, oh, wow, take the time to see what have I accomplished in the last 5, 10, 15 years, whatever it is, recognize that.
1: Thank you so much for this. And, you know... I really love what you're doing. I love that you and I can talk about being a work in progress. And I'm reflecting upon Dan Vandermas. And the thing that I'm struck by, some of the kindest acts towards me have been some of the harshest streams of feedback. But when I listen to them, boy, the beauty and the benefit of seeing a potential for yourself, even if it's a glimpse and that's what you're doing, helping people see the glimpse of what's possible in their lives. Thank you, Dr. Diane Hayden for everything you do. Thank you.